Crossing the Chasm by Geoffrey A. Moore. One sentence summary. Crossing the Chasm gives high-tech startups a marketing blueprint in order to make their product get the initial traction it needs to eventually reach the majority of the market and not die in the chasm between early adopters and pragmatists. My favorite quote from the author is, Entering the mainstream market is an act of burglary, of breaking and entering, of deception, often even of stealth. Geoffrey A. Moore Guess the year this book was published in. Until two minutes ago, I would have guessed something like 2005. You know, the early Facebook years. Nope, 1991. That's 26 years ago and also the year this handsome guy was born. Oh, you can't see it. I'm pointing at myself. <laughs> um, considering most successful crossings of the chasm have happened over 10 years later, this is staggering. But you might not even know what chasm we're talking about here. That's alright. Mr. Geoffrey A. Moore will explain. Here are three lessons from crossing the chasm. 1. The chasm is a gap between visionary early adopters and the pragmatic majority. 2. Crossing the chasm requires securing a specific niche as a beachhead first. 3. Position yourself as a market leader in your niche by making a strong claim. Ever wanted to launch a high-tech product? Well then here's the blueprint for you. Crossing the chasm, lesson 1. The chasm is a gap between visionary early adopters and the pragmatic majority. This answers the question, what is the biggest obstacle you have to overcome to establish a high-tech product in the market? The main idea of the book is based on the technology adoption life cycle, which states that new technology makes its way through the population in a bell curve distribution. Innovators jump on the product at first, followed by early adopters the early and late majority, and then finally reach the laggards. The laggards are the people who only got a Facebook account when their mom had already joined six months before. The chasm is the huge gap that lies between the early adopters and the early majority, when a product is very disruptive and requires behavioral changes. The reason is that the motivations for buying a product are vastly different. The visionary early adopters want huge changes and are willing to bet on them against the odds. People in the early majority are much more pragmatic. They don't want big changes and huge innovations, but rather incremental improvements based on using proven products and solutions. Therefore, most arguments visionaries make to get the majority to buy aren't appealing. The majority wants to buy from established brands and companies, but without having the majority buy your product, you can't become an established brand. This dilemma is what Jeffrey Moore calls the chasm, and it's something all high-tech companies must overcome if they ever want to see their product become successful and reach the majority of the population. Crossing the chasm, lesson two. You can only cross the chasm by targeting a specific niche first. This answers the question, how do I overcome the biggest problem of establishing a high-tech product in the market? So how do you overcome that vast chasm between the two groups? You start small. Pick a very targeted and specific niche of customers inside the early majority to focus on. Then, you can expand into other niches later on, until you cross the critical threshold. Think of it as first securing a beachhead in an invasion, to take a stand and then build from there. In order to convince your target segment you're selling a holistic, well-supported product with good references and establish yourself as the market leader, you have to strictly sell to only your target group. Don't expand too early or sell to outsiders, just because you have the chance to. 
you'll end up adjusting and customizing your product to death to make it fit for every individual purchase. When you commit to only sell to 28 to 34 year old professionals in San Francisco, for example, you gain three advantages. One, since the market is small, it's easier to win over the majority in it. Two, word of mouth references circulate faster. And three, you can develop a standard package product that meets all requirements of your target group. But you don't just have to commit to a certain segment, you also have to talk about that commitment. Crossing the chasm, lesson three. Position yourself as the market leader in your niche by making a strong claim. This answers the question, how can I market successfully to early adopters? Positioning is extremely important when it comes to customers making purchase decisions. For example, when I mention Lamborghini, you immediately recall certain attributes in your head, like expensive, luxurious, high-end, sports cars, and rare. That's great positioning in action. Pragmatists want to know where you stand with respect to your competition, as they're only interested in established brands. But you're the high-tech newbie, and there might not even be direct competition. So what can you do? Well, you can define your competition yourself. When you contrast yourself with a market alternative, which might be the traditional way of doing things, and a product alternative, a competitor who uses the same technology but in a different industry, you can easily position yourself as the leader in the new combined field. For example, Dropbox could have positioned itself by saying, for private PC users who are sick of carrying files from one PC to the next via USB stick, we offer a hardware-free file syncing solution. Our service makes your files available on any device with an internet connection, just like YouTube does with video, but with any type of file you choose. These two sentences are all it takes to give you a powerful position. In fact, it shouldn't take more than two sentences to make it clear to everyone in your target niche. This claim will allow you to focus exactly on your initial niche and eventually take the majority of the market share there, so you can then expand and dominate the rest of the market as well. My personal takeaways from crossing the chasm for 2017. I can never get over the fact how old this book is because when you read it, it reads exactly like a, a case study of companies like Facebook or Twitter or PayPal or, you know, all these tech startups that happened or, or really became popular 20 years later. So that's impressive. And I don't think they've all read this book. So very powerful idea. Um, there are two more people who talk about this idea and who may have updated it for, a, you know, like for a more contemporary context. So that that's something I want to share with you. Um, and the other thing I was just thinking of was, oh, yeah, a few examples how, how companies have done this. Okay, so, for example, Twitter focused on the San Francisco young tech hipsters kind of demographic, right, at the beginning. So what did they do? Well... They had South by Southwest in 2006 or so. They put up screens on the conference. And South by Southwest is a very popular tech conference and event in San Francisco. Um, no, actually, it's in Texas, but all the San Francisco people go there. So Twitter put up screens, live feeds of the tweets about the event. They made a hashtag for South by Southwest. So everywhere you walked on the festival, at the conference, 
um, you would see these screens and you would see what people are just saying right now about the conference, maybe 200 feet away. And that was really cool. And that's when Twitter really popped. So they focused on only this narrow demographic. Um, another company that piggybacked off South by Southwest is Uber, who offered Uber offered free rides at South by Southwest for several years in a row uh, to also get San Francisco as a first market. Um, yeah, and then Facebook. Well, Facebook, uh, initially, you might not know this, but Facebook was only available on college campuses. And what they did was they took... Facebook from one college to the next and they open it for the, let's say they started with Harvard and then they went to MIT and then they went to Cornell and then they went to UPenn and so on and so forth so they took one campus by campus and thus eventually took the entire student demographic and then from the student demographic they expanded to everyone else okay two more books uh, summaries to listen to and or uh, to read Zero to One by Peter Thiel uh, explains how PayPal, for example, won, uh, which is to t take a big share of a very small market. And with PayPal, Peter Thiel is one of the founders. Um, with PayPal, what they did was they focused on eBay power sellers. That's it. That was their market. And they tried to get all of the eBay power sellers to use PayPal to make their payments. Uh, what Peter Thiel also says is the way you can win this small niche market is by giving them something that's at least 10 times better than the solution they had before. So if you make something that's 10 times better than what every, whatever else was there before for a very small demographic, that's a great way to cross the chasm. And another book or in person that talks about this is uh, Start With Why, Simon Sinek. He explains it even in his TED Talk. I think he even alludes to the book. And he says, if you communicate with why, you will get through to those early adopters, the important people that buy your product because they believe in your mission and not necessarily in, in that it functions perfectly. So go check out those other two books if you want to learn more about this concept. Very fascinating. Great read. And I hope you enjoyed. See you on the next summary.